I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode of Background Check Radio, why no PII may actually be A-OK, but if it isn't, how you handle it can have either positive or negative ramifications for your company. Stick around. Today we're going to talk about an oft-discussed problem within the screening industry, one that's been top of mind for many listeners, starting about two years ago, right around uh, COVID, but Frankly, it's been a concern for the better part of 20 years for us old-timers in the space. It's the redaction of or otherwise unavailable nature of personally identifiable information, or PII, when doing county criminal court searches. But first, a word from today's sponsor, SPI Researchers. For over 40 years, the team at SPI Researchers has been steadfast in their commitment to keeping the customer at the center of all they do. That philosophy has led to a well-earned reputation as one of the screening industry's most respected criminal record providers. Every search they complete goes through their ear process, edit, audit, and review, so you can feel confident they haven't cut any corners that could expose you or your end user to liability. When you need support, each time you'll get a live person who can quickly help you get what you need. You'll get 10 searches at no charge to experience the work yourself, Contact Amanda Sosa at amanda at spiresearchers.com to get set up. Okay, I'll pause for a moment and say, you know, it's important to note here, I'm not talking about a specific jurisdiction. I'm not going to get in the weeds on pockets of the country where info may or may not be more or less available, even though everyone I'm sure would love a podcast on how to solve California once and for all. What I am going to do on this episode is talk about this, the impact to your business your client communication strategies, and then pull back to show you how much I think this topic applies to other areas of your company, because that's where I think you'll get just as much meaningful advice. And before I go further, I'll also say I'm not insensitive to the problem. I've personally encountered this many, many times over the years. It's not fun. It's not easy. Negative feedback from clients is real. We don't want it. We live in fear of it. And it seems like a lot of times we walk through most of the day uh, as if the sort of Damocles is hanging above our heads. It, it's also important to note, what does no PII mean? Because like many things in our space, line up seven people and you'll get four different answers. Does no PII mean no PII on your screen scraped automated product? Does it mean no PII from your runner or computer terminal fulfillment method? Or no PII from the court clerk? Is it is it just simply harder to obtain under your preferred uh, search methodology? Or does it literally mean no PII at all from the court clerk, case copies, complete and un- utterly unavailable? A true name match only, which as we know from the FTC's guidance on the topic from late 2021, we know that's a no-go, right? So the method matters, and and the reason I'm harping on this for a minute is there is a real robust distinction. I've worked with a number of companies whom, God bless them, I don't judge, they they really feel like they hit a brick wall when their court research partner can't or doesn't provide the identifiers. They really feel stuck. Options like obtaining case copies or calling the courthouse, they aren't really a consideration for companies. They're truly stuck if their vendor can't get it. So this is why the method matters, and this is why I distinguish 
truly unavailable PII from PII that we just don't know how to get. You know, these are all things that we can work through. And, and my levity here should not be misunderstood as making fun of anyone. I'm, I'm just pointing out there are that real distinct and often different methods uh, in our space. So now that we've talked through a little bit what is and isn't truly a restriction, I want to narrow it down to those instances where something may be, for all intents and purposes, purely unavailable. And here's where my opinion on how to resolve it may be pretty unpopular. This issue, I'm not convinced, is always your problem to solve. Or, if it's not your problem, certainly something we shouldn't have to fear as much as it seems like we do. Where's this opinion come from? Well, it comes from a logical argument I'm going to make to you in a second, but it also comes from what I currently see and hear, and as importantly, don't see and don't hear. I'm not hearing a bunch of companies in our space losing significant clients because of this. And I'm not hearing companies in our space who've cracked this problem and are now acquiring a boatload of clients because of it. This, in my opinion, is a much smaller issue than, let's say, the summer and fall of 2020, where COVID court shutdowns created a real divergence within our industry, with many CRAs saying, nope, the court's closed, can't get information, while other CRAs told their customers and prospects the exact opposite. Yep, we're good. Come on over. It's business as usual. If, if that mass migration of clients from one CRA to another didn't happen then for those reasons, I'm sure not seeing true negative business impact to a lot of CRAs on this issue today. So those observations aside, here's the logical argument I promised. And I think of this in three categories. You know, what's our fear? Well, the first is our existing fear around compliance when we can't get PII, right? I'm damned if I report it. I'm damned if I don't. The second is around accuracy. With that same damned if I do, damned if I don't worry. The third, and this is where I really see opportunity and where if you nail this part of it, it makes the first two concerns go away, the accuracy and the compliance worry. If you can nail this, I think the problem really starts to fade into the, into the, uh, into the distance. And that is our client's reaction to this. This is my 22nd year in the industry. And I learned after about 22 days you got to be really good at telling somebody no. This is a no business. And for longtime listeners of the podcast or webinars or PBSA presentations, you've heard me kind of riff on this no concept a lot. And I'll, I'll give you a few examples if you're listening, you haven't heard this before. When do we say no to our clients? No, that education verification isn't finished because Rose is the registrar and she has the key to the filing cabinet and the school's closed for winter break. So that high school education verification has to wait. Nope, I can't take that computer-generated degree your candidate emailed you and slap it onto a consumer report for you. No, that employer went out of business, and with it, the four months of employment history from six years ago that you think you want. You know, I'll, I'll pause to say I know there are some technological solutions to a few of those dramatic examples, but you, you get my point. So, you know, the, the real weakness here with handling and resolving that client feedback comes down to two things. And you'll hear them right after a quick break to talk again about today's sponsor, SPI Researchers, who, by the way, may be able to help with some of the very same issues we're talking about here. Since the 1980s, yes, the 1980s, 
SPI Researchers has kept the customer at the center of all they do. They manage a nationwide network of researchers to ensure they provide the accurate, complete, and up-to-date information you need and your clients require. By doing so, they've cemented their reputation as one of the industry's most respected criminal record providers. Remember the year process? Each search goes through an edit, audit, and review quality control check so you can feel confident their processes won't increase liability, and when you need support, a live U.S.-based partner is just a phone call away. They're offering 10 free searches. Contact Amanda Sosa at amanda at spiresearchers.com to learn more. Okay, the two things I think can tip the scales one way to the other in determining how clients receive the information around this, around this issue that affects us all. First, can your competitor do something that you can't? And second, are you good enough to sell the outcome, which, while an unfortunate one, can you sell it in a way that leaves the end user actually thanking you at the end of the conversation for looking out for their best interests? And I'm going to peek down the rabbit hole for a minute and say that these battles, and yes, they are battles. These battles are best won over the phone. Email is a horrible method for resolving these types of issues and perhaps why we tend to be so scared of how clients will, will react when we share these messages. But from my vantage point, there's a real opportunity to play both offense and defense with this issue. And that opportunity goes beyond just the individual jurisdiction and the individual resolution for the individual candidate, for the individual hiring manager. This is a golden opportunity to, on a macro level, show how, when, where, and why you are ironically, counterintuitively committed to doing the best possible work for your clients, even when it seems like your best possible work means not being able to do something that you would like, in this case, receiving PII. Let's think it through. You're talking to a client and no, no identifiers available, but you've still chosen to expand and modify your workflow processes to get it if it's available, but it's still unavailable. Wow, that's an opportunity to celebrate your flexibility and client devotion. And if you get a little pushback, sorry, this affects every background screener in the world. This isn't just me. And look, I even tried to get it six different ways for you. In this example, the implication, of course, is don't blame the messenger and the grass isn't greener on the other side. If I can't do it, neither can my competitors. Or on the other side, if a competitor is relying on a database or some resource you may feel is less than robust to get something that might be considered PII and generate some sort of data, but you feel it calls into question their FCRA compliance, the fair, accurate, and up-to-date standards mandated of us as consumer reporting agencies, your response could be, yeah, perhaps they were able to provide an identifier, but we don't feel that's a very reputable source and thus don't want to place your organization in legal jeopardy by providing something we're not comfortable standing behind. We'd rather have this open, transparent conversation about it. So we can demonstrate our commitment to protecting you means, ironically, an outcome like this every once in a while. It's less desirable and we're frustrated with it, but our charge is overall to protect your screening organization and you from liability. So in that case, 
that I just laid out, the implied message is, yeah, it sure would feel better receiving something, but you, end user, you're welcome for us not doing you dirty just because we were afraid to have an honest conversation with you about it. In both cases, the sentiment is the same. I love you, dear client. I want to do this for you. Believe me, I just can't. And here's why you should be okay with it. And I go back to my email versus phone call comment on how to best handle these issues. You just heard me over the last couple of minutes verbally lay out how I would have those conversations. And of course, my tone would be a little different and I wouldn't go as fast as I am to those of you in the industry you know, listening right now who deal with this very often, right? So you hear me lay out those examples and I may or may not have persuaded you, but compare that verbal conversation where we can use the tone of our voice, the pitch of our voice, our inflection. We can use all those things to our advantage versus a very cold clinical email message where we say something like, the data is unavailable. We tried real hard. We don't cut corners. Send. Now, here's where I get a little salty because I do feel often like the weight of all of this, this PII problem is on our shoulders as screeners. Where are the legal teams of Fortune 500 companies? arguing that their billion-dollar global enterprises are harmed by restricting access to this information? Where are the nonprofit open government advocates? Where's the Chamber of Commerce or SHRM acting on behalf of their ginormous client bases, representing hundreds of thousands of companies and millions of employees around the world? Why is it this singular industry, the background checkers? Why are we the ones doing all the fighting? Yes, of course, we realize this is important, and in many cases, that's the reason why we're fighting this. We know how important this is, but the question I consistently try and answer in my head and just can't shake loose is, why just us? And again, I see opportunity. I'm always looking for opportunity. Yes, HR manager, you don't like this any more than I do. Would you like to schedule some time with your legal team to see how and where you may be able to assist our efforts to overturn restrictions on information. Yes, client, I understand you're, you're in a geographical area. This happens a lot. Would you like to join us in this fight? And when we have those conversations now, it's, it's, you know, it's not just you. you know, otherwise, it's, it's the evil background checker whose turnaround time is too long. You know, um, it, you're the one who cost us a candidate because the candidate had the misfortune of living in New Hampshire or San Bernardino, California. But when we frame it that way, now we're in this together. We're allies. I just don't see enough of us taking that approach. And I use that previous example again, not to judge, but to show us how we can flip the script and we can be true partners with clients while protecting ourselves from negative outcomes that aren't our fault. Why don't we try that? Instead of just killing each other every time, hoping an MBR vendor will sell us abstracts for a quarter less, or reflexively recoiling every time the work number raises our prices because we know the client blowback we're going to get. This is the tie into other areas of your business. If you can say no to this, if you can successfully have the no PII conversation, you can have these conversations and win across a bunch of different areas of your business. For example, no valued client. We can't make unlimited verification calls for 17 days at 9.50 of verification. Not because we're jerks, but because it's highly unlikely we're going to get the information after a couple days. And it's highly likely you're going to begin to hate us because your turnaround time is going to go so high. 
No, dear client, you can't follow up for a week with every applicant of yours who doesn't complete the link you sent them to finish their application without charging you an administration fee. No, dear client, we can't run your adjudication program free of charge or mail out your adverse action letters without building in a charge that at least covers postage, ink, and paper. If your clients trust you, if they see you as a true business partner, which is what all of us hope to be, believe it or not, these are very easy conversations. And some of you listening may be saying, no way I can charge five bucks to keep following up for an applicant or four bucks for each letter I mail out. But I'll tell you, if your clients trust you and you use phone more than email to have these conversations, they really, really are just that easy. Now, if clients don't care or apparently care less about some of these things or the PII problems we're talking about, we certainly have enough problems on our plate as business leaders and owners. So should we still be caring caring as much? Sometimes there's just something we can't do. Our competitors can't do it, just can't be done. I realize my tone here is very brusque, but sorry, sometimes you just got to say no. You'll notice again on this podcast, I didn't mention a single specific jurisdiction. I didn't mention a single specific workaround that's universally accepted by all of us. And that was by design. Sometimes there just isn't. But more importantly, the point is to work through that and look for ways to develop and deepen client relationships to build trust and comfort that goes beyond an individual candidate, an individual jurisdiction. Sometimes, more than we'd like, that needs to come through the power of persuasion, the skill I believe all leaders and client relations teams need to master inside their businesses. I believed it in 2002. I believe it even more strongly in 2023. Thanks for listening to this episode of Background Check Radio. And no, this was not written by ChatGPT. It's still me, for better or worse, typing away three fingers on a keyboard before stepping into the studio to record. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast wherever you get your content, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or other platforms. Please follow iCubed Advisors on LinkedIn, and always drop me a line on what you would like to hear me cover next. Thanks, and have a great day.